0: Take the usual podcast hosting companies and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the Podcaster Matrix hosting and you'll experience a completely different world of whole podcast
1: library hosting. Choose wisely at PodcasterMatrix.com. That's PodcasterMatrix.com. Ready to conceive solutions to problems in an atmosphere free of political correctness? Find a new sense of purpose at wadesense.com.
0: That's wadesense.com.
1: Welcome, everyone, to Wade Sense, the podcast. I am your host, Wade B. Olson, the Sage of St. Louis. Across from me sits, as always, the ever irascible, always whimsical, and occasionally really thought-provoking, Mr. Mike Wilkerson, the technical savior of this program.
0: It's good to be here, dude. Especially irascible and sometimes worthy. Awesome.
1: (laughs) Definitely (laughs) always worthy. But thought-provoking. That's the thing that I love, Mike. Agreed. Because I've, I've been listening back to some of our podcasts Mm -hmm. and it really is amazing where i'll come at it from a certain angle and then you'll come at it from a completely different angle Mm -hmm. and i'm just left going i hadn't thought of that
0: yeah i've I've been listening to our, our past libraries too i've been exchanging glances with some other political podcasts in the area and so i've gone back to just review what we've said and which ones are the are the one-two punches to give them a sample of what you think and your conjuring of your material. And so, so what do you think?
1: Do we stack up pretty worthy?
0: <clears throat> I think we've got incredibly unique viewpoints that I know other people are not thinking of, but more importantly, not talking about. And it, it's really interesting to fall, while leaning conservatively, falling into the cone of common sense that is not super bending over right-handed. No, And I, I think that's often what uh, we are left with inside of today's political environment, which is you are either one way or the other way, and never between the two could anything meet, when in reality, it almost always is a bend in the middle someplace, and then you may have a lean that goes left yeah. or right because of either familiar tradition, or it's the only thing you've ever known, Right. or very much like your comment... I just didn't think of that. I, yeah. I think I think if there could be a giant piece of hubris lifted off of most politicians' brain where they could just listen, they don't, be nice. they, right they, they don't they don't have to instantly then concave because now everybody thinks that they're leaning the other direction. But if they could just listen and if they can incorporate the the different positive values of whatever's being discussed into the threads of their opinions, I think would be a lot farther inside of politics in general. We would definitively be much farther than where we are currently in the yeah. political environment. Yeah. Uh, more importantly, locally in St. Louis, it would be great to have discussions like that. Mm-hmm. Then what is the traditional norm inside of screaming day politics, which I don't have any value for?
1: No, I don't either. It, it's just I almost wish that it was a rule now that you bring it up that politicians had to take at least 10 seconds and think before – they spoke, to really digest it, you know, yeah. there, there, there needs to be a lot more give and take and, and get away from, I, I just came across this term, I'm going to get it wrong, I'm going to go back and find it and bring it correctly the next time, but it's something along the lines of binary accusations, mm-hmm. and it's real simple, it's like, it, it's either either or, it's like, if you are this, then you must be that, and yeah. there's, there's no middle ground in between. Yeah. So it, if you have a problem with illegal immigrants, then you must be xenophobic. And yeah. it's like, they're, 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 there's just no... It's like, no, yeah. I have a middle ground, and middle ground is where we all used to be able to come to. We used to be able to hold two different thoughts in our head at the same time. And that perfect example, um, something that I wanted to bring, we got a little bit of housekeeping that I wanted to do. Sure, sure. The topic that's been thrown out, this term, and like most people, you hear a term over and over again you're really not thinking exactly what this is. The term universal background checks, it sounds good on the surface. It sounds like it makes sense that you should definitely have that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what is actually concerned about, what, I mean, what, how it would f- affect you on a day-to-day basis if we actually had this degree of universal background checks that they're talking about?
0: The degree of background checks, I, 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 this stepping up of that, I haven't heard anything about that, nor am I afraid of it. Uh, I cackle because when I went to go buy my most recent firearm, yeah, they mentioned that I flip through faster than ninety percent of the local celebrities. <laughs> and so, I, I'm not telling everybody that, that I'm, I'm a criminal or anything, but I'm I'm squeaky. Uh, you're squeaky clean. Yeah, when it comes to background checks, and so I vote for more background checks. How about that? Well, I don't because know. I, I would rather people not only have background checks and are cleared for insert, whatever they need to be cleared for. Right. And we're better off as a society because of the baseline agreement and push towards background checks. Right. But then you've checked out (laughs) and the ones that don't, they either know why, because what isn't presented, if you are turned down for a firearm, Mm -hmm. they just say, sorry we can't help you and usher you they don't usher you to the door but they say you may look at all of our wares but just fyi you will not be purchasing anything today and by the way there's the door okay because if you're not green lit for a firearm in particular a handgun right then you don't get green lit and they'll keep a more not casual eye on you
1: they don't tell you what it is that you need to fix to no, get of
0: course not why wouldn't they What burden should it be on the gun, the people providing guns, to fix you so that you can buy the
1: gun? I would just because the, well, here let me let me go ahead and read this. This will explain exactly what I'm talking about. Okay, okay. Well, I wanted, I came across this and I I just, I shook my head at it, so I, I wanted to share it with our audience. Yeah. The reason pro-gun advocates are against universal background checks is because it turns legal, law-abiding gun owners into criminals. If I want to let a friend or family member borrow a vehicle for hunting, we would have to go to a federal firearms licensee, FFL. He or she would have to go through a background check, and the firearm would have to be transferred to their name. And when the gun is to be returned to me, I would have to undergo the same process. We would have to legally transfer firearms on paper in order for it to be legal. I couldn't let the person borrow the rifle, even if I knew they're law-abiding and not a prohibited possessor. The same process holds true for a domestic violence survivor who fears for her life. If I let her borrow a firearm for self-protection without a background check and transfer, we'd both be criminals. This is absolutely, utterly insane. That's what you'd end up with, a universal background check. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to – and I brought that up because I wanted to refer back to a show where I thought that we covered the topic uh, pretty decently from an educational standpoint – and that was uh, gun control. Should it start with your kids? That was an episode that we mm-hmm.
0: did. Yeah. We'll link to it in the show notes, too. It's a good one. You can look at the show notes for this episode over at wadesense.com, where you'll see not only the link to the show that we're talking about, not only the show notes for everything inside this episode, but links to all of the information about all of our episodes. Again, that's wadesense.com.
1: And even I'll go back through those and see a lot of things. It's like, oh, I forgot we talked about that. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. nice to refresh my memory. And, it is. And, and just see that we talked about something. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. Here's the thing, Mike. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the less patience I have for empty gestures and meaningless platitudes. Mm -hmm. And I'm so sick and tired of the clamoring and what has now turned into a quasi-religious movement of climate change, global warming, whatever the hell you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And they'll go on and on about that we need to have... It's all about solar and wind. Well, until they make a a, a diesel truck that runs on solar or wind, it's all just hot air.
0: Right. Um, I'm certain that everybody, if if they haven't, we'll include it again in the show notes, but I'm certain that just about everybody has seen the photograph of the electrical car being charged through an electrical power distributor, the thing that charges the car. Right. And about seven feet from that is a diesel generator. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so... You know, again, I I, I don't have that's any. A, that's fear. a meaningless yeah, gesture. Yeah, I don't have any fear. I don't hate the electric movement at all. No. The uh, the torque that an electric car can pull is dramatically more Isn't powerful. Isn't that insane?
1: I never would have thought that in a million years it, that an electric it, car would be faster. It's crazy. There's a, there's another
0: guy that we'll link to. It's not a YouTuber, but but it's maybe someone we'll talk about in the future. But it's a guy that races a Tesla mm. against all of these Mac Daddy drag strip cars, and you know, like. You're like, oh, so Daddy's Tesla is gonna win this one? Yeah, 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 big, like, hands down. Not even breathing hard because they don't breathe. I mean, that's all thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, instant torque, right now. There is no waiting. There is no nothing. It just is instantly on. Wow. And so, I'm a big giant fan of electric, but. I just want people to understand that if you're basing all the electrical power right. on the diesel generator that runs on diesel gas. Yeah, go
1: over there and stand by it and breathe for a while and see if you then like it. Yeah. I don't know what
0: exactly we're doing. But
1: anyway. Right. Not to derail. Go ahead. No, okay. Something that I do think that we can address, and I'll tell you something, Mike. The more I got into it and the research that I did... I was stunned. My face turned gray. I did not feel very good about the actual issue that is being starting to be addressed out, but not to what it it needs to be the seriousness. And that is the amount of pollution in our oceans and largely that pollution being plastic. The amount of plastic that we're producing Mm -hmm. is uh, astronomical. Just the one figure that, that blew me away the most probably, one trillion plastic bags are thrown away every year. Okay, I don't okay. doubt
0: that half a million of them are probably mine. <laughs> we use a lot of bags, you know. It's
1: yeah. Why we'll, try we'll, to
0: reuse them? Do you reuse them at all? I might save one or two. There's three or four in the back of my car for the body or for the uh, <laughs> for the debris and garbage in my car. But beyond that, no, not really. So I we mean, use them that's the other thing the time is like
1: for everything. You know? let,
0: let's uh, let's be sure to bag on the plastic bags at Walmart and. Could you get me another garbage bag, quick? Yeah, one of the plastic ones, real quick. Yeah. I, again, it's 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 more of that clamoring for alarm for alarm's sake. I, I don't care for that either.
1: And here's the funniest thing: I just came across this a couple of days ago. The actual inventor of the plastic bag was a Frenchman. I can't remember his name, but he said. But his whole idea was that Jean this is a- de Bag. <laughs> Right? <laughs> no, yeah, something like that, right. But his whole life, he honestly thought that the bags would be something that would be reused constantly. He always would carry an extra one in his pocket for stuff. Mm. But we do. At our house, we reuse them for a lot of things, and I know a lot of people that do as well. For one thing, my memory system of putting something in a bag on the door as I'm going out the door, that bag will end up uh, in my cab, and I'll end up using it mm-hmm. for God knows what. Usually throwing trash out as well. Mm-hmm.
0: For, for those that are keeping score, it's Sten Gustav Gustav. Tulin, oh. And he is not French. He is Swedish. Oh, sorry.
1: I don't know why I thought he was French. Must have been another article why not? I read right after that. French fries, plastic <laughs> bags, whatever. One of the statistics, 260 million tons a year that are mostly just gets thrown of bags. One to five bottles only is recycled. The United States and the United Kingdom alone throw out 550 million straws a day that is that almost actually makes the the straw people sound a little less insane and that's something that I started thinking about as well when I was when I was doing the research is it's like I think what we need to have and it wouldn't hurt people do a little bit of a paradigm shift in in how it is that you uh, approach this on a day-to-day basis you know Maybe it wouldn't hurt if people did start buying metal straws and using them over again. I I try to use the same plastic straw in my Yeti cup probably five, six times washing it out before I finally throw it out. I use the same plastic straw at my workplace inside of my
0: cup that Chief DiGiuseppe gave me that is awesome. Okay. So, yay. (laughs) You know, Mike is saving his, uh, what...
1: But what if, everybody, among, what if everybody did that, though? What if everybody kept that same straw and washed it out three, four, right. five but times? Right, but what
0: if you just didn't use plastic straws and then and used no turtles straw. and whales would die? Thank you, Wade. I, I mean, that that's the concept, and I get it. Right. I just I, It always seems like that's a huge, monumental step because we don't want to kill any more whales because they're being tossed in the ocean. Huh. Well, no, it, 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 it seems it, it seems with the, uh, the ability to make things so cool and technologically sound, but there should be some way to make a solid plastic straw or a straw option.
1: Or something. Exactly. like Met- said, And metal straws. You can mm-hmm. buy your own metal straw that you can bring with that is obviously going to work just as well. Mm-hmm. You wash out. I don't know about your house. Well, apparently mm-hmm. not with you in the plastic bags. But like <laughs> my wife and I, when we go to some of the places that we shop but we'll bring our own bags. You know, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't. In Aldi, yes, and it's because we
0: got the cloth bags. And I, I am an addict to those. I think we've talked about that in a previous show someplace. Uh, but I am a devotee of that. That is instantly more appealing to me. What I also love, and I recommend this to everybody: when you go shopping, regardless of where you go shopping, right, take your own bags and only fill those bags you will not believe how much money you save yourself.
1: No.
0: Because not only do you have to take everything with you right. when you're throwing it you're not throwing it into a cart anymore. Right. You're throwing it into bags that you then have to shuck mm-hmm. You have to carry the bags around with you. Okay. And that does several things. One, it traditionally makes the shopping a whole lot faster. <laughs> Who the hell wants to carry a bag for an hour inside of a grocery store Very true. when you got to carry four bags of stuff?
1: I never thought of that. I never ever thought of that till right now. Mm-hmm. Once again, Mike, thinking, th- and, thought-provoking.
0: And then the other thing is that when you get the bags full, guess uh-huh. what? Where are you going to put more stuff? And the answer is you're not going to put more stuff until so you get the hell out of there. Right. That and always eat. Everybody knows you're supposed to go and eat before you go to the grocery store. Yes, that is the Because if you one. don't, it's instantly if, more if, 60, 70 bucks easy. Right. More if we don't.
1: And you're hitting the subway on the way out. <laughs> 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 they always get me. Another reason to
0: shop at Aldi, there is no subway.
1: Oh, well, yeah, that is true. There
0: is no restaurant. In fact, or really. around the ones we go to, know uh, there's, there's some restaurants around one of the ones we go to. okay. But our main one is kind of out. It's secluded. Like okay. It's, it's lone building. Gotcha. And it's not anywhere. So that that's a good one because there's nowhere to just go, hey, let's stop in at the firehouse to get a sub or look at McDonald's. Let's get some nuggets or whatever. We don't have any of that.
1: Okay. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, some of my research, I think, that people would like to look into yeah. this a little bit more in-depth sure. themselves. But here's the thing. Once again, I wanted to come up with... A solution, and it's it's about making those responsible accountable. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I came up with, I don't know if it exists yet. I would love to have gotten a hold of chemists to find this out. My idea is is that every bit of plastic, because the more I read, plastic can break down into just little tiny, teeny, tiny particles, so small that even plankton eat, and then it goes up the food chain. Right. So to the point where people are now eating plastic in the fish that they're eating. Mm. So my idea was this. Every single bit of plastic that comes from countries that produce plastic products has a chemical signature embedded in the plastic. Idea being that when the plastic is found, bottles, part, whatever the hell it is, whatever it's found, that you can run it under some kind of a scanner and see, oh, this comes from China. Oh, this is Mexican. Oh, this is American, Japanese, whatever it is. The idea that I had was that we would have something that would amount to, and no one's going to love this title, but it's the best thing i come up with, World Garbage Police. And their job, simply put, is to find the trash, identify the country where the trash comes from, and on a quarterly basis assign either fines and or sanctions, as well as a public shaming. I think that that needs to come back into it. The worst criminals should be called on account on world stage. just like, Look, you're the ones that are just tossing this crap into your rivers, throwing out into the ocean, whatever, and then everybody else ends up to deal with it. Mm -hmm. There are actually, i found this out in my research, there's something called a gyre, G-Y-R-E-S. There's six major ones around the world. And basically what it is is the ocean currents push areas uh, in various parts of the oceans that that, that end up into just – There's there's one called the Giant Plastic Garbage Patch that's right in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and it's huge. It's like five times the size of the U.K. Mm -hmm. A lot of these statistics are coming from the U.K., so they use their own country as a basis. But still, you get an idea. That's a huge patch, and there's six of these things around the world. Mm -hmm. So in that respect, kind of makes it easier actually to clean up because you can go to one place and do it. And I found some technology that would put it in place to do that. And that's one of the things that I thought of as well is – There's two ways that you make people do things. You either hit them in the pocketbook or you hit them in their morals. Either they feel it's the right thing to do or this hurts financially, so I'm going to do the right Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And this instance, I wanted to do both. I wanted to make it so that it was painful to throw plastic garbage out and just let it go where it was going to go. And at the same time, I wanted people to feel like it was – the right thing to try and not pollute. I wanted there to be one central solution, one central solution to take care of the problem. And with the World Garbage Police, everybody is chipping in to pay for them. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, the idea that I had was any sanctions or fines that the offending countries had to pay for their transgressions, now that's money that can be put into technologies that are in existence or coming into an existence to take care of the problem so that it becomes a revenue neutral, a global revenue neutral solution. If you're doing this, do it like this. Turn it into an international contest to come up with the best methods to clean it up. Turn it into a contest to basically make it that now plastics are so valuable that you don't want to throw them out because there's so many other things that you can do. The stuff that I came across, and I'll get more into it in our YouTuber selection, there are there, there are companies out there that are doing the most incredible things. One of them, I'll just say right now, is, is a company called Sea Brewery, and their whole thing is that they make edible plastic packaging, like the, the, the six-pack rings that go around.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, one, the ones that make turtles look they, funny. Right, <laughs> they made it out <laughs> sure.
1: of wheat and barley. Wow. So that it it, it would break down uh, and and that the uh, ocean creatures could eat it. Hmm. So what do you think? Whole poke ahead.
0: The identification of plastics is a great idea. Okay. I would offer the supposition, however, that, okay, so it came from China. Okay. And so now we punish China. And so all the outfits in China that are doing the right thing now oh. also get punished. And you might not think that's a big deal when it's like the state of Ohio. Right. Unfortunately... China is not the state of Ohio. Right. It dwarfs us. Right. Population-wise and then just expands size-wise. Right. Same with a bunch of other countries. And really it kind of gets back to the same problem that we experience now where let's quick squeeze uh, $800 million out of a country. Right. When they're not paying us for whatever they owe us, let's say just the United States,
1: now. So you put it in the form of sanctions.
0: Okay. And so now all the people that live there... Have to reuse the straws because they can't afford to make new
1: metal ones. Stop or? just throwing the crap out. I mean, I've seen pictures of of beaches around the world six mm-hmm. feet high for miles covered in plastic garbage, and the yeah. worst offenders are the Asian nations. I just right. use them for an example. Sure. But if you make it so that it's profitable, and at the same time it hurts the pocketbook to throw it out, mm-hmm. you won't get people just tossing this stuff out. Yeah. The, the identification
0: part is where, again, I would have trouble with that. Why? Uh, the why? Yeah. Well, it's real simple. If in the United States, is it more likely that the garbage that's going to be found inside of one of our oceans uh. is coming from Missouri, or let's not even use Missouri, is coming from Nebraska? Right is going to pollute more than, say, from the city of Seattle, Washington.
1: Well, obviously, if it's coastal, it's going to be worse.
0: Okay, but let's penalize the state of Nebraska the same as the state of Washington.
1: Okay, so break the chemical down – break the chemical identification down even more specific than that. Okay. So that it's – okay, that's a good idea. You're right. Yeah. Not just the country, but the area of the country where yeah, it's coming
0: the, from. Yeah, the, the generation I like origin. That. I, I like the idea that you've got without question because, again, making people responsible for doing things yeah. is the way that all things should have. There should be an established bar of I'm going to participate in blah. Right. Here are the general expectations. Here are the rules. Here's the timeline, and let's do this. hmm and unfortunately, we don't have any of that because we have, and now we're going to make eight million straws so that more people can get serviced. And by the way, we're going to make our straws a tenth of a cent less. So more companies will buy our straw instead of company Z. Mm-hmm. They're going to be buying company Y straws because right. we're cheaper. Yeah. Uh, whoops. Sorry about killing the several thousand whales. No. Okay. Okay. That's one of the other things about the whole dichotomy of what we're talking about where it being black or white. Mm-hmm. If because I wouldn't instantly support something like what your plan is, mm-hmm. doesn't instantly mean that I want to get out there like Ahab and yeah. and skewer me some whales for the rest of my life. It just means that I don't think there that are that's extenuating a option, circumstances yeah. that
1: need to be looked into. Right. Like, like you said, when you when you broke it down, that it's it's just it's it's one area of the country mm-hmm. as opposed to the whole country being punished. Yeah. You're right; that absolutely and, does make sense. The, and I also had the idea that you could put like a tint, like every country that like okay, like everything that comes out of America, all the bottles have like a slight orange tint, mm-hmm. so that you could identify it even that much faster. And or, I think
0: if you were Gatorade, they'd love that. If you were, <laughs> the others, you wouldn't. If you're a I company know. like Dasani, then they would hate it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: So that's the other thing, too, is that one of the fundamentals of all of the regulation Mm -hmm. is that the regulation cannot instantly impugn people that have either already started a business, that have plans for a business, or that are now prevented from doing business because everything that you make has got to be this stark, hemi-orange color. Right. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, I'm very sorry, then you can't do it. So, well, probably no, the best way
1: then would, would just be the chemical yeah, identifier. I, I, I'm edge, not familiar enough be. with
0: the markers available inside of plastics, but that something can be identified from where, someplace. Yeah. That makes me think that there could be some sort of generation mark that you could do that for a lot of different places for as many as there are places that are conjuring plastic stuffs well you'd have to do mm. both you'd
1: have to do a marking on the packaging and at the same time there would have to be the chemical uh, signature yeah. because it breaks down so tiny yeah the whole poking there
0: starts though with now counterfeit colors markings and etc right. if you think that people are going to be very quick about trying to uh, make fake money well imagine the money that's now generated in blameless less expensive plastic so how would you fix that
1: I, I mean, this is one for I, you people. If you've got, it, if you have the, something, please go to wadesense.com com and let us know.
0: Yeah, it's the teeter totter part of it because now you're creating an entire new law enforcement arm that generates more business because more governmental funds have to be created, more governmental programs have to be created to govern the plastic that's why, trade. Yeah,
1: that's oh. why I tried to come up with something that was basically revenue neutral that was being taken care of by the yeah. fine process. Well,
0: and that was going to be my final poke. What is go ahead. that? You know and I know, name the name the, the most popular ever revenue-neutral program you are aware of. That's in the weeds. I can't think of it. I imagine okay. most people
1: can't. Can now, you?
0: Well, here. Okay. Now think of a revenue general program that instantly went profitable and instantly became a major league business and is now making billions of dollars a year. Because while I can't think of the one that everybody would know right now, yeah. I guarantee you. That there are at least five that could be, I could prattle off instantaneously, and you would go, "You've got to be kidding me!" And I go, "No, they started off with the best of intentions. They wanted to make a difference in blah, and now while they are still making the difference that they intended, they are also generating money hand over fist, yeah. which is not bad, right? No, no. The other piece of recycling is that everybody needs to be a pauper wearing sandals, living on the on the ocean side, making sure that we go and pet the pet dolphins that come by at 1130 in the morning. Yeah. That That's not what everybody that wants to foster recycles is. There, there is no circle that you have to be in to be an effective recycler. You just have to try to care. Right. And so whatever fashion that takes, wear what you dig. One of the things I think a lot of people forget is, are you a better recycler because you recycle your plastic bags regularly and you've even got one in your pocket and three in your car and your wife's got two in her purse. Uh-huh. And, well, Mike Wilkerson, I'm throwing them out my car window as I'm driving by on the on on I-70. Not really. Please don't kill me because I'm, I'm totally kidding.
1: But He's the, exaggerating, folks.
0: But because I'm not the same ravenous recycler of plastic bags that you and your family are. Does that then make me a lesser recycler? Mm, I, I guarantee you, you probably recycle more than I do, because I, I don't. I don't have a separate I hardly have. I really
1: haven't in the past. I really, really have not. I'm, I, I'm, I don't have separate containers at my house. No, I don't either. I, well, no, I did, that. But we do have one box for plastic crap. I, I do drink the bottled plastic
0: and plastic bottled waters that we don't separate. It goes right in with the rest of the garbage. and mm. It goes into my plastic garbage bag. There <laughs> are no, people screaming at you right now. <laughs> goes into my mostly plastic car, where I drive it to the metal dumpster uh-huh. full of other plastic bags. Yeah, yeah. So, again, it's it's that whole make your effort and don't cackle and laugh at others that don't make the same effort you do. Try and educate them, but don't beat them over the head with what you've got.
1: It's just a matter let them
0: do what they can.
1: Yeah, it's just a matter of figuring mm-hmm. out a way to make this stuff yeah. so valuable you yeah. don't just wantonly toss it away.
0: Uh, again, the, the big thing is that when it could be made profitable in a big business, I guarantee you it would instantly turn into a big business. And I mean that—that's the big thing. I—I thought you we were going to go with the general. What is the fix? Well, the big fix is the stuff that gets thrown in the ocean. Let's see how fast we can stop people throwing stuff in the ocean. Okay, well, I don't even know how to begin to police that problem. Right. But if we know that this island-size mecca of plastic Mm. resides in one of the five giant gyres inside of the oceans of the the world, world, then we need to make some sort of platform that is the mechanical blah, I don't even know what it would be called, reclamator, I guess. That would be the plastic reclamator that lives like a like a, like a a seafaring oil rig. Right. Except that it's a plastic collection and then re-something rig. I've seen a number where it's, of where different. Or it essentially would be a small, it would have to be really, really big. It would have to be a small island of its own that literally just uses, I mean, it, it would kind of be the centerpiece for a great science fiction film. Oh. Because it would be a small city of its own that's floating in the middle of what you said was the... The trash. The Pacific, right. Yeah, in the, the so, Pacific. I, I mean, that, that's the way to go, but mm, who's going to pay for it?
1: That's when it comes down to the major producers right. chipping in for it.
0: Right. But then who owns it? And, and that, that's own-
1: kind of where I'm going is uh,
0: it, it's like, okay, Ghana produces plastic also.
1: Yeah. And
0: they're going to pay, oh, $0 for island plastic. The, the island of plastic yeah make the okay, manu- well, make
1: the manufacturers that are producing the plastic everybody chips in if you're at all it, comes, it comes out of your profits yeah i don't know about the enough
0: about the plastic generation business of the process but yeah, i know it's, I it's, know it's massive it's massive i i think of the things you've talked about in solutions i think that's one of your best ones though well thank
1: you thank yeah. you very much I, when i was it's coming not up gonna work it, thought, though sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's crap not only does Mike like to Back poke holes. Not only doesn't Mike like to poke holes; he likes to shoot holes. I
0: want to crush our dreams. <laughs> Where's my plastic bag? I need to
1: smoke one. Well, this is what we came up with, folks. We absolutely want to hear your solutions, suggestions, hole poking, general sarcasm, making fun of. Go ahead with all of it to wadesense.com, and we want to hear your comments. I hope everybody that you're enjoying the show so far, everybody stay tuned. we got some bills to pay. We will be right back for more Wade sense. Make your podcast soar
0: with the editor core. The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with the Editor Core. Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com.
1: Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost effective on hold message for your organization or business? don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com.
0: Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can with Perpetual Advertising. thanks to Perpetual Advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique Perpetual Advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors.
1: And we are back from the break. Mine and Mike's Favorite way to waste time, and sometimes I, I actually spend more time. I think learning these days mm-hmm. uh, is Good. is you yeah
0: one of the I, not to derail you quickly, but I love to derail yeah but, you do. But but it's <laughs> mostly because I challenge everybody to every day learn something new. Yeah. I'm not I'm not talking about learning a new trade or. Grabbing the welding torch and a mask and trying to figure out how to fix your car. That's not what I mean. But just like
1: to learn about something new. Well, have you turned into the TED Talk addict that I've turned into?
0: No. No. Typically, almost always, will stay inside of a cone of skill set that I know I could incorporate and make money from. Mm. But for those that don't already have something established like that, it's very, very easy to go and learn something. But just like anything else, going to go learn about something is a skill on its own.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: getting out of what are incredibly comfortable norms for people mm-hmm. to go and do something outside the realm. Yeah, is very very difficult for most people.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, in this instance, like I said, back to it. The, the YouTubery oh. is where I go to uh, and watch TED talks a lot. I what uh, there's uh, something I come across recently called American Thought Leaders, which is really great interviews with a lot of people. One I just saw was uh, Newt Gingrich, and he was talking about a new strategy dealing with China. So I'm I'm learning from a lot of different things. In this particular instance, going back to what it was that we were talking about, there was this gentleman that I came across in a TED Talk, and he was talking about a robot that eats pollution. Mm. Just autonomous vehicles, and they're made to break down... In the sea, so that you don't have to go back and collect these things. Mm. The whole thing just breaks down. The idea is, is that it's got um, a substance in its little stomach. It swims along. It eats pollution, whatever kind it would be. Maybe in this case it's uh, Yeah, it's, like, a, it's like the
0: robot vacuum, except in the ocean, right?
1: Yeah, kind of. They're individual little creatures. It goes along. It, it breaks. It stops. It, it gets the pollution, takes it into its system, mm-hmm. closes up. Breaks it down and then moves on and it just keeps doing it. Now, if you put out thousands, hundreds of thousands of these things and they break down, because in the end he was talking about things that are made out of almost uh, like jelly. And I, it was just, it was such a fascinating concept to me, but it really came back to what it was that we were talking about as far as different methods to clean this mess up. Mm-hmm. So that was my first pick. What about yours?
0: My first YouTubery tonight focuses specifically on the concept of. Security. Okay. Very interesting. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, the guy that does the, the With Cops podcast focusing on security. Wow, how original. <laughs> well, this is truly original because recently, uh, Wade and I have talked about the Joe Rogan podcast several times yeah. over the course of our program, and inside of one of his most recent episodes, episode 1368, he welcomed, remotely from Russia, Edward Snowden. Oh. And so there's several things that are going on here that are very, very rare and very, very interesting. One, it's Edward Snowden. Yeah. And for those that don't know, the story of Edward Snowden will not only link up to his Wikipedia entry so you can go and learn more about him, um, but you have to remember that he is in exile and -hmm. doesn't want to be found. Right. And so to instantly put the finger on his face and say, and now I'm on the Joe Rogan podcast is a big deal. I mean, it, it doesn't. I'm trying to think of how it gets bigger. Not much. Than that on the internet. And so it's not that he's coming out of hiding, but I, I thought it was a, a very interesting move and not only very interesting, but incredibly informative.
1: It says volumes about the uh, platform that he picked, too.
0: Right. Uh, not only the platform, not only the program, but the host. Yeah. And I think that's, again, what I'm coming away from this with is not only a, a, a much more fostered respect for Joe Rogan mm-hmm. and what Joe Rogan's program has been able to do above just his gathering his drunken or high buddies
1: and yucking it up. It's amazing that people listen. It's
0: it, it's way more than just that. There is that. Yeah. There is that for the people that want that. The it's variety there. of people that listen. Right. But for the people that are looking for something different, in particular, in this case, for people that are looking for the why, Mm -hmm. everybody that is listening to our program right this second should whip out their cell phone and look at it Mm -hmm. because you have no idea what that cell phone is doing to, for, and about you without you pushing or doing anything to it. That's not a warning note. It's you-need-to-be-educated note. And that's what you get from this interview with Edward Snowden. And
1: uh, I'm going to go back and it's watch It's going it. to take
0: a lot of attention span. I, I want to warn everybody that if you are the short attention span person, this is going to be very, very difficult for you. There is not a cliff note snippet that you get that you go, oh, Edward Snowden, and instantly have a light bulb moment. Gotcha. It's very deep. It's long running. But it's incredibly deep. Mm. And it is incredibly long running because it is that vital to what's going on inside of personal security mobile devices but more importantly surveillance Mm -hmm. on levels that most of you will be horrified by Mm. and you need to go watch it there's a link to it directly inside of the show notes for this episode again it's edward snowden it's the joe rogan experience episode 1368
1: and that says an absolutely lot to me specifically because you're the gentleman that taught me the phrase longerific. So if you'll sit through it, then that truly is riveting <laughs> oh, yeah. material.
0: Yeah, and again, it's uh, most of Joe Rogan's podcasts run in the three-hour-age area. Yeah, they can get long. Although he did another one with a, a, a wonderful man named Dinkins, which I also recommend, but isn't going to be inside of this episode. We'll, I'll talk about that one in the future. Okay. And that one was less than an hour because oh. it's all the time he had. Mm-hmm. And that, that is, again, the, the total... Sample to all the people that go, you know, that's not the most optimal time and length for a podcast. Okay, there is no such thing.
1: No, if, and if that's you, the great thing about podcasts. If you
0: make a program that is engaging for five hours, guess how many people are going to listen to all five hours? All of them. All of them are going to listen to it because they're interested and they're engaged. Right. And so it's a matter of content creation, not a matter of, okay, well, holy smokes, it's 34 minutes of my 35. i got to hurry up and speak faster. That's not the case at all. You need to make it
1: endearing. And remember about that in the future. If you're thinking about making your own podcast, mm-hmm. one, contact Two Guys Talking Network and mm-hmm. talk to Mike. Too kind. <laughs> Two kind. Um, Two, think about what you would want to listen to and what's thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of material that, it is, that you want yeah. to generate. It's kind of goes to back to,
0: to that that first thing we were talking about previously where inside of every instance or learning session you have during the day, whether it's just looking at a browser window or interacting with somebody, you should be providing or garnering at least one light bulb moment every time. And if you're not, there's a better way to go spend your time and go do it.
1: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. My second pick is, I don't mean to be so strong on a theme, but it just worked out that way with Mm -hmm. the show. Mm -hmm. These 10 inventions are saving the earth. The one I first told you about was the sea brewery company with the edible packaging. Uh, there was another one. And-, and is the edible packaging
0: like you and I are going to have a snack on it? Or is it edible packaging like as it rots, things in the ocean eat it?
1: Well, things, things in the ocean were you. Eating, but you if and I
0: are going to get a plate and yanking something out of the ocean going, mmm, no, yummy. No, but I
1: mean, if it's made out of wheat and barley, then, yeah, you can obviously eat it. Probably is going to taste about as good not, as dog biscuits. Not but, true. That stuff will rot just like anything else. And so if you or I
0: went to go grab it out of the ocean,
1: oh, doom. Oh, oh, well, yeah, I guess so.
0: Don't, don't forget that, uh, I think a lot of people forget this, when you see something that eats carrion for a living, like a vulture.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like a
0: vulture or most predators. Their
1: stomachs are. They yeah. can handle it. Right. But when
0: you or I go and grab anything that's carrion,
1: we're mm. having a real, real bad day if we don't die. Yeah, that is very true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Uh, another one that was on here was an ocean cleanup machine. It was this boat that had these extremely long poles that went out hmm. for probably about a half mile either side. Mm-hmm. The whole idea was is that uh, it gathered up all of the trash into one area so that the boat could come and clean it up. These are another one of the machines. They had – and I love this one because I could just see people doing it in bars. It, was, it looked like a vending machine, mm-hmm. but it was a vending machine that had a bottle shape like, like the silhouette of a bottle mm-hmm. opening on the side. And you would put the bottle in, and the machine would grind the bottle up into a powder that was actually being used to – Feed this Wade. Said, no, <laughs> to put to put herbs on his spaghetti. Yeah, right. No. Okay. Uh, no, it was turning it into sand that they hmm. were putting back onto beaches. And I thought, if you've ever been outside of a bar at closing when they're, they're they're dragging the huge trash cans out full of bottles and they're just going into there and they're just going into the trash can, that would be so cool to actually turn a, this all into a beach and people as they're drinking walk over on their own to a vending machine and. Pop the bottle in, and, and there goes that that it's one less thing to take care of. That's interesting. Uh, I I wonder what the glass
0: recyclers think about that.
1: Good question. I don't know. Maybe they. Maybe, and that's another
0: one of those you know those dice throws that you have when you start talking about the alternatives to recycling. Yeah. Because while they're, I mean, that sounds awesome. Taking bottles and did you say it literally grinds it into sand right there? Yeah, right there. Interesting. I'd like to make sure that there's some quality checks and controls inside of that because, wow, this is great sand, except for this three-inch piece. Yeah. Oh, that would suck. Anyway, yeah. the, the gist is that, again, great idea. Sounds like it's super groundbreaking, and it sounds like it would be eventually backbreaking for right. those in the glass recycling industry.
1: Well, that's true. So, But, I mean, at least right there, it, instead of ending up with a trash can full of busted glass, <laughs> you've got you know powder that's going to a beach somewhere. Yeah. And the last one that was in the like I said, it was ten amazing machines. This one blew me away. It was a machine that recycles tires and turns it into a rubber crumb for artificial grass. It was just one machine that. after another. Yeah,
0: that I've seen somewhere, maybe on a like a three-two-one contact style show. Mm-hmm. I've seen that previously, and that's that's amazing. Uh, again, being able to take things that are incredibly common and turning them into something incredibly uncommon. Mm-hmm. That when you think about it, it's almost exactly the same thing. It's yeah. not even something really all that different.
1: So that's the last one I've got. Mike?
0: last one I've got for today is, again, from our friends over at the Corridor Crew. The Corridor Crew, again, are special effects artists out west who not only generate the videos I really, really like, which is special effects artists take on good and bad special effects, but they also are filmmakers themselves. And their most recent video is the new robot makes soldiers obsolete. It's their second offering focusing on what is a play on the boston dynamics robots mm-hmm. but they're calling them the Bostown dynamics robots okay and essentially what they're doing is they're putting a dude in a suit and then because of their special effects abilities and skill sets right. they're removing the dude they're putting in a robot but it looks all for all intents and purposes like one of those ultra creepy you got to be kidding me they're gonna take over the world boston dynamics robots okay and it's tremendous. Yeah. The, the special effects, again, are way above par. More importantly, and we'll link to this also. There is a behind the scenes video that's right in line with the other videos. And what that behind the scenes video focuses on is them experiencing a glitch. Mm. And for those of you that have ever had a computer glitch, like your computer's just running slow, or man, Outlook won't open, or why can't I find that email? You know how frustrating it is. Mm-hmm. Now imagine that thousands of files that you shot on site in the desert can't be found. Ooh. Okay. And that's I'm that's just, a sick I, feeling. I'm setting up the bowling pin so you guys can go and watch because it is tremendous. Again, it's a, it's a total tip of the hat to ingenuity, uh, patience, but more importantly, to get the job done. And that's again why I'm making our friends over at the Corridor crew over on YouTube a focus inside of this YouTubery segment. We're curious to what you guys have found on YouTube. Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at wadesense.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you found inside of YouTube.
1: Dummy codes is something that generally I have the hardest time stopping with it, it seems like I can never just do one in this instance I all I could do was one because I just my jaw dropped and my brain locked up I, I, sure. I couldn't I couldn't help it
0: I think we could effectively make an entire show out of dummy codes
1: oh yeah we really could there, would, there's just, just so much
0: idiocy regardless <laughs> of your political lean on every side it's just amazing
1: <laughs> and this particular one this is this this is the nephew of of the grand dummy that is running our congress right now In case of those that don't know, Gavin Newsom, the uh, governor now of California, is actually the nephew of Nancy Pelosi. And if that isn't uh, crazy enough, Nancy Pelosi's origins started with the Alessandro family out of Baltimore. A crime family. And so it just gets just deeper and deeper and thicker and thicker. In this particular instance, Gavin Newsom has just got one insane policy after another. The man is just speeding. His tra- He's trying to put his state on a rocket train to hell as far as just bureaucratic stupidity. Mm-hmm. In this instance, this is where I said my jaw just dropped and locked up. Gavin Newsom wants to have an investigation to find out why ga- gas in California is so high. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just I, 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 just stopped. Their taxes are ridiculously high, Gavin. That's why your gas is absolutely so high. It's one of the highest places in the nation. It's one of the reasons that people are streaming out of your state. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wanted to bring and, – and, and this is one of those, cra- those things where it's like, Dummy codes, when I envisioned it, was supposed to be laws that were put in place to protect us from idiots. I don't know what to do when the chief lawmaker is the one that is creating this type of idiocy. So, yeah, my dummy code, please wrap the man in duct tape and uh, tie bricks to him and throw him in the bottom of a lake, Uh, Mr. Gavin Newsom. Your turn, Mike.
0: I think all of us can try and gauge the letter of the law, in particular when it comes to our children. And so... My dummy code this week uh, hits uh, not only a sore spot, but a sore spot that everybody should be recognizing. My dummy code is for a judge. Mm. And that judge shut down a recent move by sheriffs to put no trick-or-treating signs out in front of sex offender homes. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding me. No. So you think to yourself, and I know Wade's thinking it right now, okay, well, the sheriffs want to do the right thing, yeah, and they want to make sure that there are warning signs posted in front of the registered sex offenders' homes, so as to not have children streaming in front of the homes and or knocking on the doors and being handed candy by those who are currently sex offenders, correct?
1: Guy guy should have his door bolted from the outside. Okay.
0: Uh, And I join you in your hatred and prosecutorial tendencies of wanting to make sure that these people are not only exposed but never trafficked by children of any age, yeah. type, or area. I, I join you in that. Uh-huh. What this also is a bright and shiny example to, though, is the law. Okay. And it, while you and I can both absolutely drop our drawers and leave a steaming pile on the process of, wait a minute, why aren't we protecting the kids? Uh, yeah. What I want to make sure we give the dummy code for inside of this one.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Are the people like you and I right now that don't understand that when the sheriff looks the judge in the face and says, I disagree with what you're saying, but I will abide by the law. So we're not giving the dummy code to the judge. We're not giving the dummy code to the sheriff. We're giving it to the knee jerk reactions of people that would go, well, that doesn't make any sense. It does make sense because of the laws that you especially of those in your local area, hmm. have made and have put in place in regard to the rights left to sex offenders. That's who gets the dummy code inside of this round. Aha. Uh-huh.
1: Wow, so that was a roundabout. A
0: little bit twisty-turny. Yeah. And definitely not just your black and white dummy code, because it's not. Going in and changing laws that impact, unfortunately, so many people right. in so many different areas— Globally is a very hard ask, but it is something that should eventually be done. If, yeah. if we can all get on board to try and save some whales, how about we focus on the children yeah. that maybe come up with the solution first and foremost to the for plastic God's problems? Oh. Right. That's my dummy code for this episode.
1: Okay, people, we know we know that you have people that really need <laughs> oh, yeah. a dummy code. Let us know about it. Please go to whalesense and uh, give us your dummy codes. Wisdom of the Ages was a concept that I came up with where I was just really wanting pearls of wisdom that have managed to survive through the ages to be brought to the surface and examined in the light of modern day and see if they still hold true. And as far back as Mike and I have gone, we've managed to still find things, that uh, found things that when looked at in current light were uh, just as relevant as today. This particular one is one I came across by... Apictus, who is a a Greek scholar. (laughs) Keep company with only those who uplift you, whose presence calls forth your best. I think that that is probably about the best advice when you're in, when you enter into any kind of relationship, whether it is uh, personal or whether it's business, don't associate if you can help it with people that are in a kindly term projects, somebody that you've got. To build up to your level because they're not going to bring out the best in you. Instead, find people that you feel are at your level or above. More importantly, somebody who's above. Somebody that makes you work to be better. Rise to the occasion. That's my wisdom of the ages. Mike?
0: I think that's a great one, Wade. I've got one, too.
1: Okay. Deal specifically
0: with the concept of moving forward. Uh, For those that don't know, this week starts week one of the Charger Forward video effort on YouTube. If you go to ChargerForward.com, there are links there so that you can go and check out not only my new, cool family ride, but you can see all of my now-growing video library of things happening over at ChargerForward.com, which is the ongoing story of an average dad, me, Uh and average driver, me, inside of an above-average kick-ass car who also has high-end review skills. That's the concept of Charger Forward. Charger Forward. Okay. Anyway, so moving forward has always treated me with not only respect, but has benefited me wildly, especially in times of great strife or stress. Okay. And so Charger Forward is dedicated to a lot of that, but I found a quote while I was looking for a quote for this episode's Wisdom of the Ages, okay. and it comes from the sage of not st louis confucius ah and confucius say it does not matter how slowly you go as long as you do not stop and i have to totally agree yeah because as we go along in life everybody knows that things tend to not for everybody but for most people they slow down and very often they become stagnant and very often that's when you're dead yeah. And so making sure that you're at least walking forward or moving forward as fast as you can is something always incredibly to use as a guiding light. And also that principle of just learning something new regularly to keep your mind fresh. Uh, I know that both of my parents, both were very, very afraid of them ever becoming to the point where they were either trapped in their body or just couldn't function anymore and they were just a blob but had total perfect energy function but mm-hmm. no ability to do anything about their whereabouts or do anything where they would just be frozen in their body like after a stroke or whatever yeah that was both of the they were very very afraid of something like that and that terrifies me Well and, and it should it it's it's one of the things especially for people that have either questionable health or are gliding down the questionable health path mm-hmm. you know you can glide down that path as long as you want. Until it starts to become reality. Yeah. And your body will tell you long before it actually happens, but you know what? Sometimes it doesn't.
1: Yeah. No, it doesn't.
0: And so if it terrifies you as much as it terrified my parents, not only go get yourself checked out and step up and bite the bullet of, I don't want to find out, but also keep moving forward. Again, thanks to Confucius, no matter how slow you go
1: surprised he said that that's actually really straightforward usually there's a reason that confusing comes from confucius usually his stuff is a little bit you have to really stop and pause to uh to get it but uh no it makes complete sense Mm -hmm. it's also a great rule for driving in the winter you you don't don't stop keep moving even if you're going slowly you stop you will be super fair super fair Mm -hmm. folks we hope that you have enjoyed listening to uh our show as much as we have putting it together and as always please remember You can either make excuses or you can have results, but you cannot have both. My name is Wade B. Olson, and this has been Wade Sets. stack up pretty worthy? Oh, we're ah. sh-t. We're sh-t. Oh,
0: No, I'm shit. kidding. We're
1: God, I was so proud of all my research and just
0: <laughs> turned out well. It was good. Thanks. Nothing wrong with that.
1: Uh, okay.
0: Except all your parts. Your parts were sh-t.
1: Yeah.